Alright guys, we're back at it again, Attack the Attack 360 Podcast. And I am here, out on location, uh, it's a bonus feature, uh, with Studio Martial Arts. Uh, I really appreciate you, Ram, for uh, making time for me early this morning. <laughs> oh, sure, thank you, thank you for meeting me at this time, yeah. I just had a kid, and so uh, my wife is watching him most of the time, and oh, wow. I... Uh, if I'm at home later on Saturday, the fact that I'm working on Saturday is hard for her. So if I'm <laughs> home later, I kind of get in trouble for that. So I appreciate this, you know. Is this your, your first child? Yeah, yeah. Nice, first nice. kid. His name's Mateo, and he is, uh, you know, he's uh, he's quite the miracle, the little guy. He well, went good. through a lot to get him uh, to get him to be healthy and everything. Nice. Yeah, nice. yeah. So. Well, good. I'm glad he's healthy. I'm glad he's there man yeah. first time parent is hard oh yeah you know it's like you're they don't come with a handbook you're like trying to figure out what do you do yes <laughs> yes that's why i do martial arts and teach kids just so that i can have something you know <laughs> to get me there <laughs> you know but uh but yeah so uh so that's what i do i i teach uh families and kids uh self-defense and martial arts we do a form of wing chun kung fu we also do a form of muay thai and uh, we do jujitsu now we're incorporating a lot of that i started my jujitsu training about a year ago so that i can do that nice yeah i feel like uh, as i get older the less i want to get hit in the head <laughs> so you know i feel that this is going to be kind of my future you know what i mean I so, yeah. I you. yeah all right so give a little uh, a little background about yourself ram uh, yeah. it's ram yeah it's ram de Pain. yeah yeah okay. uh, but my real name is ram feast but okay. it's spelled with an L, so it's like everybody says Ram Phil, so I go by Ram. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So where are you from? I'm from Laredo, Texas. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. And what brought you up here to San Antonio? Uh, really, I went to university at the University of Incarnate Word uh, when I was 18. And uh, I, I studied in accounting, uh, oddly enough. And uh, it was uh, something that once I was studying for my CPA, I realized I really... It wasn't for me. I was getting burnt out too easily. Right. But in all of my college years, I started martial arts at the end of my freshman year. Oh, okay. And uh, that was because I got into a scuffle, and I was in real good shape, but, you know, I turned my back on the guy after I threw him to the ground right. and he was able to came around and gave me a headlock and I said okay I need to do some self defense muscles not enough right. I need this strategy so that's kind of how everything started everything started from yeah, there yeah. so what, what's, what was the first style of martial art that you got into I got into Wing Chun uh, classic Wing Chun Kung Fu and I really love it like really it's my it's my second love my first love was movies <laughs> the second love was Wing Chun and so I, I was there you know when I was doing college I didn't really party a lot All all I did was train and I would nice. be there six hours a day every day and an hour on Sunday and right. do all that and you know I had the time then now forget about it <laughs> you know but uh, but that's that's what made me really I, I loved it nice so, yeah. nice so are you, I'm gonna go off track here a little yeah, bit sure so do you own studio martial arts yeah yeah are I, you part owner or what no no I'm the owner I started it uh, uh, let's see uh, it'll be nine years in August nice. it'll be nine years in August well, yeah Awesome, man. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. It's really hard to get a school set up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it takes a lot of work and, oh. and time. You know? oh. Yeah, it was it was wild. You know, it was a lot of things. Uh, the main thing was, you know, I've done door-to-door knocking. I've, I've gone to obscure events, like, you know, <laughs> for the elderly <laughs> to promote and, and tried my best. And everything, just over time, you kind of understand what worked, what didn't. Right. And, and then things started to pick up. And then, uh, and then I met my wife. And then that was kind of the kick in the pants to get moving. Because, right. you know, uh, nobody wants to marry somebody eating peanut butter and jelly <laughs> every day and super thin and everything. Thing, so that was something you know but she she really was very honest with me about listen you can do this and this and this and this and I said you know okay and she gave me some things to do and then they would get done and so right. it was one of those things that was really kind of cool that is cool yeah right? having a good partner to help you with your journey yeah and what you want to achieve is really important oh you know? yeah because if not then of course and I've I've known some instructors to where they're married but then something would always happen mm -hmm. because they're always spending too much time at the school mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. and then next thing you know there's a divorce mm -hmm. they're separated and then they're just doing the school yeah their life is school you know what i mean yeah or teaching 
Uh, so on your journey, you did Wing Chun, and what else? What else did you dip your toe in while you were training? Uh, well, I dipped my toe in Muay Thai, so I did about uh, eight years of Wing Chun, mm-hmm. and I really, I really loved it with all my heart. But at the same time, you know, there's always the question of, well, what is everybody else doing? Mm-hmm. You know, what is everybody else doing? Because I want to make sure that uh, whatever they're doing. I can protect myself and so that's why I was like okay well let me dabble in this let me see what it is and I uh, got a Muay Thai instructor and I worked with him for about a good solid year and then with his brother for a long for each of this day Mm -hmm. right and um, and he was really good but also it was kind of a disadvantage he was six foot five and like (laughs) 230 pounds or more than that and I'm like five foot ten and a half and so it was kind of a disadvantage but I just remember the first time he hit me and I felt every little link of his elbow wrist and shoulder and I was like wow wow you know and and so that's kind of what got me into it got you hooked yeah. into, into Muay Thai yeah but yeah it was good yeah. and then after Muay Thai uh, after Muay Thai I did a little bit of Jiu Jitsu and I had to do it off and on because I, I got eye surgery and last year I hit it really hard but then my son came and he got sick or right. he, he didn't get sick we were stuck in Boston for uh, for uh, five weeks because that's where he was born oh, okay, and okay. he was in the NICU there for a while, so I had to stop because of that, and because then coming that. home, I, I wanted to be with my wife and him. Gotcha. So I'm going to get back started next month, which nice, is good. Nice. Where are you training jiu-jitsu at? Uh, over here at RB, uh, JJ Rodrigo Pinero. Rodrigo? Rodrigo yeah, well, yeah. yeah, so then you know uh, Hanchi Mike Paloma. I don't think I know them. I'm training at the one over here in Bernie that just was, it, yes, yes, hi, well, I know, no, Nachi, Nachi is the one. Uh, Nachi and her husband own the place. Okay. My, my professor. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's, the one right off of 1604? Uh, it's off of Bernie. Bernie, or um, what is it? Uh, Fair Oaks Drive. Fair Oaks. So okay. If you're driving north, it's one of the branch schools. So they have okay, like okay, two okay. other branch yeah, schools. Have, okay. And that one that you're thinking about is the headquarters. The headquarters. Yeah, right. yeah. I don't go to the headquarters. I go to the branch school. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because yeah, uh, uh, Hanshi Mike Palomo, he's the he's the uh, uh, instructor or he's the main mm-hmm. guy for Goju Ryu for um, Mongoose Martial Arts. Oh, if you, cool. if you yeah, heard. yeah, no, okay. I know him. I've met him in passing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's he actually I used to train with him and then oh, yeah. I used to teach judo with him and his students mm-hmm. and then I stopped teaching judo and went into the BJJ because mm-hmm. he was allowed to teach BJJ there oh, cool. at his own school yeah. uh, while he while he's still training mm-hmm. you know what I mean dude's like in his late 50s mm-hmm. I think we're 20 years apart mm-hmm. I think he's in his late 50s mm-hmm. and uh, he's still training yeah. still going hard still going strong yeah you know and so yeah same thing you know he's te- he's learning over at uh, Rodrigo's as mm-hmm. well Mm-hmm. Which I want to get an interview over there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I, Rodrigo's got an awesome reputation. I looked him up, and I looked up the. Uh, you know, he's a world champion. Yeah. And, you know, his people are just awesome at jujitsu, and that's what I'm hoping for. You know, I'm hoping to be able to have a black belt by my 40s because I I really feel that that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there's a whole. I mean, there's a whole another element when you get decent and good at striking where you feel good about striking this is just a whole new right a whole new ballpark and and it actually improves upon everything complements each other if right. you know how to work it in time and so that's why i feel like grappling would be my next step your next everything. step right yeah, yeah of course. And, and so you know it's been it's been fun so what what uh what brought up the idea of studio martial arts mm-hmm. instead of like you know like uh you know, like all these crazy names that are out right. there, right? <laughs> yeah. That are the MMA or yeah. mixed martial arts or, okay. you know, like your own flair. What came up with just studio martial arts? Well, you know, one of the things that I really try to do is I really want to connect with people on an everyday basis because uh, the normal student is not the is not the world champion. The normal student is not the guy who's going to be here six hours a day. And right. I kind of realized that. And so I wanted it to be something easy and something that could that people can think of, like a martial arts studio. It sounds nice, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds good. It sounds professional. And so I tried to just do that, keep it plain and simple instead of all of these, you know, 10 names that right. it, that you are like, oh, yeah, I think I know what that is. But, but I wanted to keep it pretty easy. Oh, nice. Yeah. So when you're 
when your students come and train, mm-hmm. and I'm I know you teach all ages, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's start off with with uh, kids, mm-hmm. children, right? Yeah. What's the outcome there? How how's that going? Especially after the you know the, the pandemic, COVID, the right? Pandemic, yeah. right? Yeah. So how's that coming along? Is are you student are you starting to see a little bit more students come in more chi- more children? Well, to be honest, we've had our best years the last two years. I had my best really? year last year, and uh, there were two reasons for that. One, uh, when COVID hit. Uh, that was when it was the peak of everything. Everybody was really, really concerned. Right. And, you know, I mean, after a while, I think the mentality in Texas was, you know, we wanted to kind of just get on with our lives and see what we can do. And right. we don't want our kids on the iPads. Right. I got a lot of that. We don't sure. we don't want our kids just sitting at home. And so there was a point last year, um, I think it was... I think it was at the end of quarter one or at the beginning of quarter two where we just got this huge influx mm-hmm. and and it was uh, really 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 helpful and Good. so it gave us our best year and I was really happy and grateful for that but um, the the parents really are concerned about their kids welfare you know we're, we're still dealing with the generation before who now have kids who still played outside and right. still did a lot of things and still have a lot of hobbies and they they really want their kids to have this kind of exposure mm-hmm. so you know we followed as many safety rules as we could and right. we had we developed our uh, digital classes with our zoom and everything and uh, people started coming back and enjoying the classes nice. and, and we slowly slowly started getting to the point where everything was back to normal gotcha yeah and that's kind of how it went so how did the, the zoom classes go because I know I, I mean mm-hmm. if you think about it right yeah uh, if I'm doing zoom mm-hmm. and trying to do certain techniques without a partner yeah how does that work oh you know what gosh I mean? man i'll, I'll tell I you you had that challenge oh god yeah when it was a necessity <laughs> it was rough so the the hardest part was because in my old house because we moved in between but in my old house i had the upstairs and the downstairs and my i was yelling like okay guys let's go my wife is downstairs <laughs> she can't do anything so i have to go in my garage there's the loft and then there's the garage underneath but the loft is no ac on top <laughs> and it has three windows and right. so i'm in this room for five hours wow. sweating and trying to keep the energy up and when i get done i'm dying but the thing was that at the time it was a necessity because uh there was that the lockdown where everybody was at home for a while and then there was a lot of worry about going out in public and contact right, so right. we stayed doing that for a while and uh, we just uh, we just got through it because people needed something away from just being at home, right? And this provided that need. This provided like okay, we're connecting with people, we're doing an activity, we're getting exercise, we're feeling better at the end of it, we're right. getting a good lesson, and uh, and that was what people were wanting then. Now we use it as a way. It's like hey, listen, if you're sick. You can come on to Zoom if you feel up to it, or if you're out of town, you can do it, and we'll still count it as a class. Nice. That way, it's like a little bit of an intermediary if somebody has something unexpected come out. Right, right, so right. So that's right, what right. it turned into. But well, at first, good. it was kind of a necessity. Right. You know what I mean? So how many classes a week does uh, does your students take? Are they allowed to take, like, all week, mm-hmm. all five days, or six, day, six days if you include Saturday? Mm-hmm. Or are they scheduled for, like, every other day or what how does that work it depends on them we have the we have five days open but they have six classes to choose from so like some days we have double we have one basic right before a regular intermediate class and then we have another basic so we have a couple of them like that Uh but uh, we leave it free for them to come and uh, the average is two times a week but I mean, you get some people who are gung ho and they come. Right. And uh, when people start to go below the two, uh, the two times a week, that's when we really start to get involved in. Like, hey, listen, we want to get you caught up. We want to do this. We want to do that. So you have basically, when you say caught up, you have like a curriculum mm-hmm. for each student, mm-hmm. base or basically for each class, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So they have to meet a certain criteria before they do anything else. Yes. Right. Yeah. We we tried to break it down as best as we can, uh, and we are. It takes about four years to get. A black belt here, right? So we we expect in those four years that uh, 
they're going to develop into a way where they have the confidence, the focus, the discipline, and they're able to take a beating and be able to dish it out. Right. You know, and so our black belt tests are pretty are pretty fun. Yeah. 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 A lot of a lot of other schools too. They're yeah. Like, <laughs> for some reason, every black belt wants to beat the heck out of their students. Yeah. It sounds terrible, doesn't it? It's like it's like oh, some people. It's like oh yeah, what do you do? Oh well, you know, I, I beat I beat up the kids. And it's like ah, no. That's not what it is. Well, you know, it teaches them character. Not, nah, right? I'm just kidding. Does. Well, it does, it but, does. but in that way, that is people. It's hard for people to get that. Like, how does hitting and doing that? Do it, it? It, yeah. it makes it makes the students realize and learn mm-hmm. humility. Yeah, hundred percent. And then yeah. also to be humble. Yeah. Right. And then at the same time, knowing knowing their own strength to say. I need to walk away from this situation. Mm-hmm. That's what it teaches. And, mm-hmm. you know, just for the listeners out there, they're like, what? I don't understand. Well, that's why mm-hmm. it is the way it is. Mm-hmm. It teaches the student to say, you know what? I know this situation is going to occur, uh, you know, happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to walk away because mm-hmm. I know my own strength. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, so talk to me more about uh, your journey on the Wing Chun. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I did my... Uh, I did my uh, first three years here in San Antonio uh, under uh, my old Sifu and then my really good friend who's still my, he's my brother today, Glenn, he's right. fantastic, you know, and uh, we decided that we wanted to go learn some more. So uh, I went under another Sifu in New York and I was with him for five years, uh, but I was traveling back and forth. Right. I had the ability to do it. Dang. And uh, so I was traveling back and forth and I did that and I, I mean, it was great. I loved it. And uh, then I was like, okay, well, I want to be able to re- to replicate what I've learned and started here and, and incorporate a lot more leadership as well with the classes and teaching the kids and and really give, give them the qualities they were looking for. Because, you know, when a kid walks in, like I, I get the call of, I get the call of, oh, you know, my son, he's lacking confidence and he, and I want him to be able to be able to speak and, and do these things. And I get the call of, or or my son's being bullied, right? you know, and those are hard, right? You know, so you want to be able to have the tools to do that. And a lot of that is, is teaching them how to, how to speak, teaching them what to do when a bully comes around and then to teach them what happens when things go off the rails. That's, that's how it usually is because more often than not, you can simply solve it with a little bit of strategy, but you want the martial arts to be able to back that up. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. So that's kind of that's kind of how my Wing Chun journey went with that, and that's why I I came to the conclusion I did with uh, I want to put more skills in in the everyday atmosphere of when they come in here. And so, gotcha. So then within studio martial arts, mm-hmm. it's mostly. Wing Chun. Yeah, mostly. Right? And mostly. it's actually, it's kind of a hybrid now. Is it's it? become kind of a hybrid. So we do a lot of Wing Chun forms. Like I still have this Yun Tao Chum QPG wooden dummy, and they love those. Right. They love the wooden dummy. Everybody <laughs> wants to hit that. Everybody thing. loves it. Everybody <laughs> wants it. But, uh, but the thing that I put in is I'm trying to put them in in a practical sense. And a lot of the times you don't have the luxury of pinning somebody's arm with one hand when things right. are crazy you don't have the luxury of being able to uh, to grab a punch whenever you've extended and you're connected and right. you can't just grab it because people pull it back so I had to kind of fill in some things that I thought were better like just parries right. uh, regular jabs were put in there so a couple of other things well yeah, yeah because if you think about it a lot of people now are a lot more people are training right right and they're right. training in something mm-hmm. right it, it's from either traditional martial arts to actually going to a gym that's mixed martial arts mm-hmm. like um what the heck is that one over there on i-10 it's called uh i-10 gym gym ufc or uh, class ufc i i haven't seen that one nah. so yeah. all, that's all it is it's yeah. a workout gym but they right. incorporate mixed martial arts yeah they're using the UFC name, yeah. right? And they're teaching. It's just like if someone was going to a kickboxing class. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a cardio kickboxing class, right? Right. But people feel like they're learning something from there. Yeah. And maybe you, they are, maybe they're not. Right. But at least someone's learning a little bit of something. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And there's a lot more of that out there. Yeah. And so yeah, it's yeah so it's like if yeah. you're 
end up going toe to toe with someone mm-hmm. when you try to prevent that mm-hmm. obviously or you may be able to recognize that they do know a little something yeah you know and boxing gyms are actually making a comeback mm-hmm. boxing was going down for a while mm-hmm. now it's making a big comeback yeah so there's a lot more people learning how to box mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. boxers are fast yeah you know and that's where Wing Chun also to me I feel like that's where Wing Chun also helps out because the blocking mm-hmm. right the mm-hmm. pairing mm-hmm. Uh, learning how to do the footwork mm-hmm. for kicking because footwork in Wing Chun is not high fancy kicks like Taekwondo no, not at all you're only no. kicking legs you're kicking groin areas right. stomach area yeah. and then of course when you're striking you're striking what nothing but center line right exactly right. We like that was the the big classic thing was sticking to the center and that has a very good merit and I really I mean it, it's some of these things like uh, what was it we used to have the magnetic zone zone magnetic zone theory where as soon as somebody gets close you boom you move in right moving quick that works awesome for the surprise aspect. So right. one of the things that uh, this guy right up here in the middle, uh-huh. uh, his name is Keith Kenschbecht, and he came up with a really good tactic called blitz defense. And blitz defense is awesome, and it's one of the basis I use for anti-bully. Okay. And so the tactic behind it is use all the de-escalation that you can beforehand, but be in your ready position with your hands up, yeah. hands open like a regular fence position, right. right? And as soon as you realize that no, the fight's on, boom, explode. And I think that's a great tactic for if, if somebody's about to hurt you, boom, 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 they're not expecting it, right? And right. so I really love that principle. I think it's awesome. It is. It is really good. Yeah. Because, uh, like, and I tell my whenever I'm doing workshops, mm-hmm. right? And I tell everybody, I said, open hands right. is an open mind. Yeah. Closed hands is a closed mind. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, everyone's like, I don't understand that. Okay, so when your ha- your when your hands are open, mm-hmm. it's easier to dis- de-escalate a mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. But when your hands are closed, automatically your your attacker or your opponent is on me thinking, "I want to fight." Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and it's like okay, yeah. I see those closed hands. Mm-hmm. He wants to go at it. I'm gonna go at it too. Yeah. So it's yeah. it doesn't really have you know it's not. The mindset is different when your hands are open or closed. It's oh, yeah. funny, right? It is. No, the so. thing is, you know, you're right, and I'm going to use that because I because <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah, and uh, but you're uh, welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but my my old sifu used to call it the monkey dance, right? You're sizing each other you're up, sizing each other and up. as soon as this, it's yeah. like dance is on, and, and that's not what you want. And, and you know, yeah. it, it's funny because again, you know, when I'm teaching and. I like talking to other instructors, mm. right? Because we're shooting off ideas, right? right uh, off each other. It, even the way you stand mm-hmm. and just making one movement mm-hmm. with your feet. Meaning, if I'm standing at your, we're, we're having a, uh, a discussion, mm-hmm. where it comes into a confrontation, and you're sizing me up, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm gonna get into a, what they call a you know a fighting stance, mm-hmm. right? My hands are open and everything. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to take one step over to the left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Getting more... T- I'm looking at how your right. body language is, right? Right. So if you're right-handed and I see the way your body is positioned, mm-hmm. I'm going to step to the outside mm-hmm. of your body. Mm-hmm. Of that dominant hand. Yeah. Right? Right. Or if you're a lefty, I'm going to step to the other yes. side, right? Because yeah. I want to be on the outside. Mm-hmm. Just doing that one step, mm-hmm. you'd be surprised how a lot of... Uh, how quick that fight or that argument mm. would just drop yeah yeah right? because there, it what happens is it turns uh, your opponent they're already having that uh, predator mentality yeah right i'm gonna yeah. attack i'm gonna hurt this person mm-hmm. because you know whatever mm-hmm. he's looking my direction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're actually prey mm-hmm. but when you take that one step it reverses it yeah it turns them into prey and mm-hmm. you're more of the predator mm-hmm. and they right away think like okay crap what's going on here? Mm-hmm. this guy's moving a certain way i don't understand this mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it makes them rethink things oh yeah right and that's you know a lot of self-defense revolves around the mindset mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if you understand the mindset and how to use it against your opponent mm-hmm. then a lot of especially when it comes to tournament fighting mm-hmm. you, do you guys do tournaments i have never done tournaments in my life but i've trained with a lot of people who have and they've coached me uh mm-hmm. you know one of my uh, one of my 
uh, instructors uh, was a seventh degree Taekwondo. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, he's just such a nice guy. He's uh, like you know, one of the one of the warm. <laughs> you know, I I've been very grateful because a lot of my mentors are just very warm people. Right. And they're very tough also, which is really you think it would be the like uh, okay like uh, this really tough guy is really warm. I think it shows a very good balance of it. it. You know, but uh, but he's told me his stories of tournament fight, and he's come in here and coached tournament style sparring and everything where points involved right. and everything and rules but that's about the most I've done and it's yeah. different yeah right tournament oh, big tournament time. fighting versus self defense is way different yeah big time right? yeah but seeing it yeah. right you see it you know that you can do the mind game mm -hmm. also in a tournament oh yeah easily 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 and it's important to do yeah. that there in that setting I think that tournaments really teach you that because it's high pressure Mm -hmm. You're, you know, you've got peers around you. I think anybody who steps into a ring or anything is got some guts. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, and you learn these things under high pressure, and that's the biggest takeaway, I think. Right. Yeah. No, it is. It is. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah. You know, it, everything has its purpose. Mm -hmm. Right. What I do, tournament style fighting or competition mm -hmm. in a street fight? No, mm -hmm. you won't. Mm -hmm. Right, because it's not a I'm hitting you one time or playing tag. Right, I call right. it playing tag. Right, you're not tagging your person mm -hmm. and then stepping away. Mm -hmm. In self defense, you're actually boom, 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 boom. Oh yeah, you you keep going until someone stops. Yeah, or someone gets really hurt. Mm -hmm. Right, and when it comes to self defense, the mindset there is way different than tournament sparring. Mm -hmm. uh, tournament sparring. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, but. Um, you know, your the the mindset. How do you how do you work with your students on the mindset of self defense? Yeah, there's a couple of things. The first thing is just sparring where we can go a little harder, and then we do ultra light because we we ran into the problem where we were doing too much hard sparring, and everybody was just trying to hit each other. Right, and that's not good because then, like you said, mind closes. Right, right. And so we had to tone it down and go for a point sparring for a good while, just so that people can start strategizing better. You know what I mean? And then uh, you get a mixture of all this. So that's one way we do a lot of. Uh, diversity with our sparring and then of course with our grappling rolling uh, my second uh, my head instructor is a uh, is a purple belt in jiu-jitsu uh -huh. and so we started incorporating that in as well and then um, the next thing is really we do a lot of de-escalation drills with explosiveness and it's great because what I'll do is I'll have um, I'll, I have the the chest protector over there, I get my right. headgear on, get the gloves on, and I walk up and I tell the kids, okay, so you've all got your de-escalation, their hands come up, they say, stop, I don't want to fight three times, and then now it's time, push comes to shove, the person hits you, right? right. So what do you do? And uh, what's the old saying that Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched <laughs> in the face, right? And so I give them the plan and now they got to try to put it together, but I walk up to them as if I'm a bully and I start to bop them, not like really hard, but boom, boom, and I've right. got my gloves on and they're fine and I wait to see how what they're gonna what do. they're gonna do okay and and I usually go through about two or three people before somebody finally hits me <laughs> they're like okay boom and it's like okay there you go and and so we've done drills like that uh, to get them to be able to know that it's time to fight because nowadays it, it feels like that's discouraged in children but it's discouraged to the point where somebody's hitting you right you have every right to protect yourself you know well and you yes you, you know right you do mm -hmm. but you have to be very careful exactly yeah okay. and that's why the de-escalation is so important yeah. hey and i'll tell you i'll tell you two stories one one really good and one really funny so the, <laughs> the first one uh was recently you know i had a young lady come to me and she's and she's seven years old right uh -huh. wonderful little girl and uh her mom comes to me and her mom is really legitimately like listen my daughter is being bullied by by a boy at school and he's leaving marks on her and we she's she's tried to communicate to the teacher to make sure that she sits on the other side of class and, right. and the teacher doesn't believe that this is going on and I go, okay, so here's what we need. And I taught her those de-escalations, you know, that like we talked about. Fence, hands up, right. stop, I don't want to fight, say it as loud as you can, and say it three times. 
two weeks later, the mom comes in and she goes, I need to talk to you. And I'm, and of course, oh no, oh no, what, uh, is everything okay? And so we go to the back and she goes, listen, my daughter did exactly what you said. And the teacher caught the bully in the act. And now nice. all eyes are on him. And I go, okay, well, I think that's wonderful. I think that's great. Now let me teach her the next part in case he wants to retaliate. Right. Let me teach her what to do. So we did that. So that's the kind of results you see. Oh yeah, for sure. That, yeah, you know. But the second story, I was uh, <laughs> doing an anti-bully class, and I was doing this very same drill. Right, I had this kid, and he comes from a really good family. He was the oldest brother, really nice kid. He's about ten, and uh, and I'm there, and I and I've got my I've got my uh, padding on on my chest. I've got my headgear. I got my gloves. Same thing. Done this a million times. And I'm like, okay, so ready? We're going to start. And so I walk up and I go, and I do the whole thing and I start hitting him. He ducks down, gets on his knees, hits me right underneath the belt. And I'm like, oh! And I was like, good job. So now I wear a cup every time. <laughs> but, but it's just the difference in the in kids, you know? Yeah. One, But you have to be able to see it, which ones are going to do it. And if they don't, you have to be able to condition them to defend themselves after right. they've tried to de-escalate everything. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the process by which I do that's it. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I mean, what you do here is is phenomenal, man. Yeah. It's it's really good. Yeah, when you're, when it comes Thank to helping you. out kids and young adults, it's really, really important mm -hmm. to learn how to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. it, it really is. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that you... Uh, you were listening to my podcast mm -hmm. before the, this interview, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's actually one I want to suggest yeah, that please. you listen. And it's a, um, uh, it's I can't remember the number, yeah. which one it was, but it's about uh, the laws, Texas the laws, laws. Texas laws. Texas okay. laws of self-defense. Because, and I'm going to share this with you, right? Yeah, please. Um, at all costs, right? And mm -hmm. you have every right to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'm like you. Mm -hmm. I, as soon as someone puts their hands on me, I'm going to put them down quick right, right right and if i have to keep them down or do whatever mm -hmm. but after learning the texas laws mm -hmm. we can't do that yeah exactly you know what i mean yeah so it's like one of those to where all right if my uh my attacker he sees you know he's he hits me he mm -hmm. hit one hit mm -hmm. if he only hits me one time right and I come over here and I do this combination. Yeah, destroy him. Destroy him yeah. basically for hitting me one time, mm -hmm. and I'm protect, trying to protect myself because right. of that one hit. Right. I can get in trouble. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So with Texas law, when it comes to self-defense, if I get hit one time, mm -hmm. I can only hit him one time. Is that right? I didn't know that. Yes. One time, really. Exactly. Now, wow. if they pull a weapon. Yeah. And you're able to disarm your opponent. Mm -hmm. You're only allowed to do the same or equal force mm -hmm. that they do to you. Mm -hmm. So learning that when I, because I had an interview with a lawyer, mm -hmm. that's why I, I'm right sharing, exactly. this, sharing this with you. Yeah, and I want you to, to listen to it. Yeah, uh, because it is really hard to do self-defense mm -hmm. nowadays yeah everything's a lot of you know a lot of things change mm -hmm. everyone feels like they're entitled yeah right oh big time so, yeah. so it's yeah. like when you're trying to protect yourself or when you're yes the best way is to de-escalate a situation mm -hmm. and as soon as you get into a confrontation okay mm -hmm. now it just gives you an extra thing to think about yeah if I get hit mm -hmm. how do I hit him back to keep him from not hitting me. Sure. Right? Sure. Because if you hit him back, one hit, mm -hmm. what's going to happen? He's going to hit you another uh, another time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So now you have to really strategize, you know, think about it. Yeah. How can I de-escalate the situation after being hit one time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really See, something. Man. It's something else, right? It is, something to yeah. really think about. Well, it's true, and I and right. I think it's a hundred percent important to really have that. And I really think that you can really solve most things by de-escalation. But at the same time, what do you do if you can't? What do you do with the laws involved? Right. What is the next step of that? And it's it is a problem. And 
yeah, now you got my mind thinking. See, I'm like, now okay, you, now yeah. what? Okay, so if he hits me, I can't just kick him. <laughs> right? Exactly, right? right? Just like, boom. <laughs> yeah. It has to be yeah. with the same or equal force. Right, right. You know, what if you go up against two attackers? Right. Right? And in right. our mindset, yours and mine, mm-hmm. right? I'm sure it's the same. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put these, these guys down, mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to get out of here. Mm-hmm. But what if they only hit you one time each? Well, I don't know. You know Does what it I multiply mean? if you have two? Exactly, like, <laughs> right? Yeah. See, and that's, yeah. and that's where you have to think about. It, it makes it harder mm-hmm. for us to teach self-defense, and it's better to know your your self-awareness and how mm-hmm. to de-escalate before it becomes into that confrontation. Oh, yeah. But once you get into that confrontation, okay, now you really have an extra monkey on your back mm-hmm. because now it's the law. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. So yeah. okay, how do I deal with it? Mm-hmm. I got. I got. I'm gonna share this with you. Yeah, please, please. Yeah, I uh, go I got into a uh, uh, jury duty. Oh, I was yeah. gonna be summoned for jury duty. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool, whatever. I hate yeah. it. I'm a. But you know, I got summoned. Right. We mm-hmm. gotta go. Mm-hmm. The the case was with one guy. Mm-hmm. This dude was huge. Mm-hmm. First of all, mm-hmm. I, and I give him credit. This guy was a big guy, mm-hmm. and he fought two guys mm-hmm. in self defense. Mm-hmm. But those two guys, he put in the hospital. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah, what's the what what's this what's the case about? Them putting a lawsuit against him. Yeah. Because he was protecting himself, he injured them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah, that must have been a really interesting right? case for you. Yeah, because so, you were there. They were, yeah. they were questioning us. Yeah. Right? And so then they had, because I wasn't raising my hand for, for crap. I didn't right. want to be part of any, but once I yeah. heard the situation, I was, oh, shit, I'm going to raise my hand. Right, right. Right? Yeah. And so when they were asking questions, interviewing the jurors, mm-hmm. and like I was sitting there, and I told them, I said, look, first of all, I have a podcast on self-defense. <laughs> yeah. Secondly, yeah. We're, we're, we're teaching our students that when someone puts their hands on you, you at all costs protect mm-hmm. yourself and put them down. Mm-hmm. But the way you're explaining is how how's anyone going to defend themselves mm-hmm. when you get multiple attackers? Mm-hmm. And in this mm-hmm. case, it's two against one. Mm-hmm. I yeah. said, is that fair? Is that fair to him? Mm-hmm. We don't know how it escalated. We don't know if he started it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We don't know all the story. Mm-hmm. But even then it's two against one mm-hmm. and for someone who's teaching or training in self-defense or mixed martial arts or any combative art mm-hmm. how does one know how to protect themselves against multiple attackers mm-hmm. and now knowing the law giving only equal or same amount of force that was applied to you mm-hmm. and if you hurt them they have the right to press charges and sue you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Even yeah. though you were defending yourself, so yeah. this is, you know what I mean. This so, is the question. This yeah. is it's a question, yeah. and it's a question that no one can. Even the law, they can't answer that. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think about that a lot as we're sitting here, and I've think thought about that before. And one of my friends, he's really good. He's a cop, really nice guy. I've trained with him for years. He used to be a student of mine, and then we kind of developed a mentorship relationship where he was telling me because he would say that, yeah, you know, in, in my life, more often than not, I've been able to talk my way out of these things. Mm-hmm. By, and he calls it verbal, verbal judo. Well, you know, when he said, yeah. I have a, on one of the episodes, I talk about verbal judo. No way, judo. you yes. do, yeah. It's a book. Uh, yeah, there's, there's oh, there you there. go. Okay, yeah. I never read it. Yeah, so, but he talked to me about it, and he says, listen, more often than not, you can talk your way to some of these people and you can uh, remove yourself as well and it's better in the long run. It is. You know, and uh, and he would, and he told me a story where he was, because um, he was raised in Puerto Rico and he was okay. born there, right? And he told me a story where it, back in that time what they would do is uh, one, they would walk around in mobs, right? And one of their guys, one kid would run up, steal your stuff, and you try to go after that kid, and then the mob would swamp you yeah. and then beat you up, right? And he said that uh, he was able to 
lie his way out of it because they <laughs> they ran up they grabbed his wife's thing he ran up he, he grabbed the kid and then they all swarmed him and he said hey i know you and he pointed to the head guy and he goes what yeah you were over there at Cessna's the other night we played pool and we had a drink <laughs> and the guy like took a second all right let him go <laughs> and that was his like okay but but you know he kept his cool right and he did what he could and you know i don't think lying is a good thing but i think if you're about to be mobbed yeah it i is, think it's right? an effective tool you know to get out of it so <laughs> it was it was a really interesting story but it, it gives you not that there's always a way out but it gives you a, a perspective that hey listen if I keep my head, if I keep my calm, if I use my words wisely, I can do a lot of good for myself and right. prevent a lot. And I and so that's why I think about mostly because if you're going to cross that line in my mind, you have to cross it fully and you have to protect yourself. And now that I have a wife and kid, I think about that. Exactly. You know, and now you have more to protect. Exactly. So, you know, I, I try to think about, okay, how can I how can I talk my way? And, you know, usually more often than not, you can be like, hey, man, I'm sorry. Here, you, let me get you a drink or something. You right. know, like, let me do that. And usually that'll be something good. Right. You know, so, but that's kind of where I try to focus on a lot because, you know, I know that if we cross that line, I'm sorry. You know, I'm going to protect my wife and my son right. and I'll go to jail for it. Exactly. You know, but it's a, it's a hard hard truth and it, it's a real truth and it's not something small and you know but what else can you do I mean you know it's a very difficult thing that the it's, law does it, it is yeah. it is it's you almost have to be a chess player yeah exactly right you yeah. have to always think about five moves ahead mm -hmm. and and the reason for that is because in any of those five moves anything could go wrong mm -hmm. right and and that's yeah. that's the whole that's the whole concept of chess right mm -hmm. you're you're also baiting your opponent mm -hmm. to do something that you want them to do mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. it's just like jujitsu mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you want you move a certain way so that way your opponent moves on right. the ground the way you want him to mm -hmm. so that way you can get him into a joint lock mm -hmm. a choke whatever it is and it's the same thing when you're strategizing strategizing when you're thinking a, about it, there we go. Yeah. When you're thinking about it, while you're doing a standing game, yeah, you move a certain way mm -hmm. to make your opponent move the way that you want them to move. Yeah, and that's all. That's all it is, right? Right. But hundred uh, percent. Yeah, man. It's like you got that extra monkey, and I'm just letting you know, you got that extra monkey on that back. Mm -hmm. You know that the Texas loss. Yeah. Because we're in Texas. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I mean, and and those are just realities of life, and. One of the things I've learned as I've gotten older is there's really no black and white answer. No. It's a lot of it is, you know, something's going to come your way and are you ready for it? Right. And are you ready to do all the things that are within your ability to prevent? And then when it comes, are you ready to, uh, to defend and to defend, protect? Yeah. And, and that's, and that's just a fact of life. You can't get it around is. it, you know? So <clears> it's, <throat> it's one of those things that's, uh, you know, constantly on my mind. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Now, guys, I, I, I do say Texas laws, right? Because mm -hmm. we're here in San Antonio, Texas, mm -hmm. and it's really, really important that if you're out in Chicago or if you're out in New York or mm -hmm. wherever you guys are located listening to the podcast, which I thank you very much, um, learn your laws. It's really important to learn your law in whatever state that you're in, mm -hmm. okay? Because it could be different. Mm -hmm. than what we have here mm -hmm. you know so it's really important it's a little tidbit learn your laws in your state um and just keep learning and just keep learning keep learning don't stop yeah. it'll help you so much just to do a book here and there or to talk to somebody you know it it really will teach you so much and uh so that's my little bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah no there's a there's a book called verbal judo verbal judo and I'm it was actually though. um I want to say in the mid mid 90s up to the early 2000s mm -hmm. the guy who wrote the book he actually was um, he got his black belt in judo mm -hmm. and then he learned something else uh, and then he actually became a cop uh, I see okay and then yeah. what brought him to knowing how to de-escalate more situations is that along his journey mm -hmm. He learned something to where it's like, okay, I can't be a hot-headed cop anymore. Mm -hmm. And he was in, where was he at? I don't want to, I don't want to mess it up. I wanna, no, you're good. But yeah. I know he's up. He was up north. I want to say either Detroit or Chicago area. Mm -hmm. And um, and he learned how to do verbal judo, 
so he shared it. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book and he was giving seminars and it was actually mandatory for police officers to read the book Mm -hmm. any first responder Mm -hmm. because it was also ems at the time Mm -hmm. had to learn or had to read that book Mm -hmm. whenever they would go into a situation Mm -hmm. right fire if uh, fire department uh, firefighters would have to also know how to do verbal judo whenever they Mm -hmm. go into a situation so it was actually a good read uh if you if you can't find the book you can always find it on audio right uh audio books and I, I think it was like only six bucks. Oh, good. So it's yeah. it's worth a it's worth a listen to because mm-hmm. I do a lot of audiobooks. Yeah. Right. In my field of work, um, I'm constantly busy from five in the morning all the way up to four in the afternoon. Yeah. Right. So I'm constantly busy, constantly working, and I don't have actually a time to where I can sit and read. Yeah. And so I do audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So while I'm working, I'm listening to audiobooks. So now I'm on this one where it's called. Um, the warrior's uh, meditation. Oh, cool. Okay. And it's yeah. it's an interesting read. Yeah. <laughs> or listen. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Because you have to be you have to be uh, one of those to where like if you're listening to an audiobook, the guys who are reading the book, mm-hmm. either they're the guy that wrote the book mm-hmm. or they're the, they're not. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the audio when someone's reading the book to you, they're just monotone. Oh yeah. It's like yeah. Mueller. <laughs> Mueller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? And then he pulled the knife. Exactly. And the, and the biggest confrontation <laughs> ensued. Yeah. It's like, all yeah. right. Yeah. You know, so what do you do? You fall asleep while reading this really crazy. It's like, <laughs> no, nah, I get it. Yeah. But no, you, you have to take some of those with a grain of salt. Yeah, but it was yeah. actually a good listen, the verbal judo. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the uh, warrior's meditation, mm-hmm. I have to do that in... 30 minute segments oh okay because yeah. that guy has that voice oh does he yes. oh no and I'm yeah. all like oh I gotta I gotta stop you now yeah. right yeah. I gotta go get coffee yeah and then um, there's another one that I'm listening to it's called what is it called mindset of the mindset of violence oh wow yeah now it's an interesting mm-hmm. it's interesting yeah but the guy who wrote the book is also reading it mm. and he's somewhere in Ohio okay. teaching self-defense and stuff mm-hmm. like that there's YouTube videos on this guy and everything like that but I have to say that him reading the book that he wrote mm-hmm. and it's his book mm-hmm. I don't like it really? You really yeah. I understand what he's trying to say right Right when it right. comes to self-defense, yeah, right, because it's important, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when when you spend the first two chapters of your book trying to describe that you're a wolf, right, like mm-hmm. you know, like you're you're the biggest and you're the baddest, you're the big bad wolf, mm-hmm. and then then you're you're then you're trying to to talk about how your method is better than whatever law enforcement teaches whatever military mm-hmm. teaches or you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's one of those like okay hold on mm-hmm. what are you really getting at mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. you know but people you know listen to him and they go and take his classes and mm-hmm. i can understand some of the points that he's making mm-hmm. but at the, at the at the you know on the other hand i'm like yeah no mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. you you really have to make yourself humble yeah. And this guy is not humble at all, whatsoever. Yeah, you know, and what, what's that old saying? Uh, martial arts without character development is only fighting, right? Right. And, and, I, and I really think that when you have that humility, it, it really is something very important because you can meet some really some monsters right like uh i guess the guy i follow a lot is jocko willink yeah i follow jocko a lot that dude's a monster but look at him when he talks he's very humble he's very like hey listen man like you can't let your ego get in the way because of this and it's like that guy has been through probably the worst of the worst yeah you know in terms of combat that is present now right and look at what he is and that's more what you want to kind of aim for right Right. you know and uh and i think that that shows a lot it does it really does so you're you're when i came in here yeah i'll be honest uh, guys i went over i was across the street eating at trilogy pizza it's a good place (laughs) it is (laughs) so then i saw the store and i said hey let me walk in and check it out Mm. and i really liked uh that at the beginning of y'all's, y'all's class, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, 
that you guys had a student creed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, was that something that you create you created? Uh, no, no. Or was I that got, something that you shared along the, your journey? Along my journey, I got that from one of my business coaches who ran his own school, and uh, he was really, really, really a he's just an incredible, incredible salesman. But his main thing was that as you you can't have you can't have a school that gets uh, these good quality families with kids and everything without uh, the the personability and the character development and everything in it. So he made it up, and uh, and I use it, and I think it's really great. You know, uh, we have we have a couple of creeds, uh, and uh, we say them at the beginning and the end of every class as a way to reinforce these character values and uh, and the leadership values that we want right. to instill. And so we do them at the beginning and at the end. Would you like to share? Yeah, sure. Uh, and, and first, explain a little bit of you. If yeah, please, please. Uh, and the first one is uh, the student's creed, which is I develop myself physically and mentally based on the studio martial arts principles. And I will only fight to protect my life or the lives of others, and I achieve my fullest potential in developing knowledge, honesty, and strength. And that is the student's creed. Uh, the black belt creed that we do is as a student of the martial arts, I live my life by black belt principles, modesty, courtesy, integrity, perseverance, self-defense, and indomitable spirit. Nice. Yeah, and the thing is that all of these things are incredibly valuable. And they really, I mean, if you really want to shape students for long term, you've got to give them the tools they need to become not just good people, but able and capable and all of these things, right? And and I've really worked very hard on that for the last uh, over the last uh, eight years since the schools opened up. So it's right. so it's really it's probably the thing I've become most interested in because there's always a new lesson. Same right. with martial arts, right? But but you really dig into it and you apply it in your own life, and it's very easy to do so. It is. Martial arts is not so easy to apply in your no. regular life. If you're, <laughs> I mean, the physical aspect of it, the right. mental, yes, the mental, the physical, yes. yeah. Right. Like no, you can't just <laughs> do that. So that's kind of what. I I've been working on a lot over the years. Good. Yeah, Good. and I read a lot of books, and I uh, do my best with it. You know. So, do you feel like the traditional, uh, the tra- the your traditional feel? Mm-hmm. Do you still keep that? Uh, probably not. Honestly, do I you mean, keep I it more modern. Well, I I love the traditional Wing Chun Kung Fu in the traditional sense. I really do. At the same time. You know, I'm a different person now, and so I I grow up and I see things that work for me, and I see things that don't, and I see things that uh, that I see other people are doing, and I and I read as much as I can, and I feel like okay, well, we have to kind of adjust because every age brings it something new. Right. Jiu-jitsu now is so different than it was ten years ago. Yeah. You know, when uh, when the Gracies first hit the scene, I mean, they've evolved, everybody evolves, yeah. and so I think that's just kind of what's happened here. I mean, I'm nowhere near that. <laughs> I just use it as an example, but I'm just saying that everybody kind of evolves and takes their steps and becomes different, and I think that's just kind of what happened. Um, and I'm yeah. glad I'm glad you yeah. said that because even while I teach workshops and mm-hmm. I and I'm telling people uh, whether it's a women's self defense class or mm-hmm. if it's a co-ed, you know, mixed, yeah. And I tell them, I say, look, right now all I'm all I'm doing is planting a seed, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. and and. Me planting that seed helps you Mm -hmm. determine what path or what journey you want to take if you're going to continue Mm -hmm. your training in self-defense, right? Right. Do you want to go to a Taekwondo school? Do you Mm -hmm. want to go to a Goji Ryu school? Do you Mm -hmm. want to go to a BJJ school? Do you Mm -hmm. want to go to a Judo, a Muay Thai, Wing Chun, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, Krav Maga, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You have to take or, or make that decision on what path you want. Mm-hmm. And then once you learn mm-hmm. certain things, or once you learn all the techniques that they're uh, giving you, mm-hmm. right? And Bruce Lee said it best: mm-hmm. if you learn something, you take something, you make it yours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't work for you, move that out of your your ammo box, mm-hmm. right? Per se. Or change it that would make it work for you, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. And you just said that too, mm-hmm. right? You say like, well, along my journey, traditional, I love it, you did it, mm-hmm. but there's some things that didn't work out for you that mm-hmm. you didn't really care for, so you moved that out mm-hmm. or you modified it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm and yeah. I'm glad you said that because every time I'm doing this, right, mm-hmm. yeah. I always feel like I'm the only one saying it because a right. lot of instructors won't say that. Right, right. You know? Yeah. 
Well, it's true, so, and everybody's different. Like, and on the flip side of that, as the instructor, I a long time ago I heard a really great quote, and it was. Once you put it out, it's not yours to keep anymore. Exactly. That's it. And so you've got to have that mindset because, you know, it, whenever you get to that point where it's like, oh, well, that's not what I taught or that's not this. It's like, well, at the same time, I can't control what that person's going to do with it. They're right. going to evolve and go their own way. They could stay on my path for a while. This can this. And, and it's helped me to kind of let go of things a little bit easier and right. understand. And I think that that's a very important thing to understand that with people. Right. You know, because you're always going to run into people with different, uh, who come from the same place you did, but are going to end up in way different places. Way different right? places, and right. And you can't be upset about that. You just no. kind of be like, oh, okay, yeah, cool, man. Yeah. yeah and that's it. Because yeah. you make it your own. Right. That's what you're doing. You, right. you, you did your Wing Chun. You did Muay Thai. Excuse me. You did Muay Thai. Mm -hmm. You did Jiu Jitsu. And you're making studio martial arts mm -hmm. your own. This mm -hmm. is your own style, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you're evolving it, mm -hmm. and, and you're making it yours. Mm -hmm. It's ramps. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're a student, when you're teaching, and you're, you know, little Johnny's coming in, mm -hmm. and he's learning, mm -hmm. and later on he may end up making it his own. Yeah, and right. Then, and but it, you gave him the fundamentals, right? And and not only that, it's good that little Johnny's doing something. <laughs> good job, little Johnny. Like very few people do something. Yeah, good work. And so, yeah, and that's really what it is. In the end, is like use this to go make your life better. Right. You know what? What? What better thing than having this kind of effect on somebody? Where it's like great. You learned what I taught you, and you made your life better. Right. Good on you. One little thing. Good. Yes. Right. And so yeah. that's what I really try to think about. Yeah. And I've had the the luxury of seeing a lot of the kids, uh, you know, grow up and get their black belts and really become very formidable and capable and tough. And it's nice. like, yes, good, okay, good. And, and it really just uplifts me and everything because, you know, you see some of these kids have some struggles, man, and it's yeah. really rough. You know, I've had one kid, he, he walked in and, you know, he specifically, I, I told him, you know, to his face that I think that he is capable of so much. He just got in trouble. And, you know, I felt like I was the coach, at, right. the old school coach, right? <laughs> you know, and I was like, you're capable of so much. And he told me that how how is that if life is such a hell, is a living hell? He said that. That's his quote, right? Wow. And I was just like, you know, I, you can do so much if you just change that little bit if you just believe that you can and I know it's weird I know it's cheesy I know it's all that but it actually happens if you just start with yourself up here in your right. head and uh, then I've had uh, you know kids come in and they were what was uh, I had another example but I've had kids come in where they have just been broken up like they just they're sobbing they're something you know and they then go through their black belt test right and they are able to do it and you know they're able to get through those five hours yeah. and just push and and it's like you know what like now you can handle yourself a little bit you can handle this and take this to something else handle that right you know because the flood always comes right you know be ready for be it ready and yeah. and it just is so great to know that and to see that you know that's good yeah that's good I, and i'm again Nothing but respect for what you do here, man. Hey, I appreciate you that. Know? Yeah, thank so, you. Yeah. Uh, guys, if you uh, are interested, uh, if you're in the local San Antonio area here in Texas and you're interested in coming and taking studio martial arts, um, please uh, reach out to Mr. Ram. Go ahead and share your location. Oh, yeah, sure. There, uh, we're over here at Stono Parkway in Hebner, uh, 19141 Stono Parkway, and uh, we're right next to the Trilogy Pizza, which is also <laughs> a great place to eat. And uh, our phone number is 210-482-9833 if you're ever interested. Uh, we've worked with all ages, and uh, we have a very nice place, and we really just enjoy what we do. Yeah, yeah. awesome. And you got, was it two, I see your, your things. Your oh, yeah, two weeks free two lessons. Weeks free. Yeah, okay. we're starting everybody off that way. So nice. two weeks free lessons to come and check in and see if the place is a good fit. So keep yeah. this in mind. It's not sport or tournament training. Mm -hmm. It's actually you're learning self-defense, mm -hmm. all right? And it's uh, based off of Wing Chun, mm -hmm. Muay Thai, mm -hmm. and Jiu Jitsu, mm -hmm. right? Yes, sir. Awesome, man. Yeah. I really, really appreciate this interview. Oh, yeah, uh, thanks. Thanks and, for coming. And it was, it was a pleasure doing this and learning 
what you do here, bro. Oh, thanks, man. Okay. Well, I really love, I, I really enjoyed the other two that I listened to. I'm going to listen to this one, The Texas Laws, because it really sounds really interesting. Yes. It, yeah. I mean, it's it's a good one. Uh, it, you know what? I end up, I'll be honest with you, there's yeah. times where I'll go back and listen to my, my old podcast yeah. because I always question I always question myself, right? Yeah, I was like, yeah. well, wait a minute. Then I just, did we talk about this? Yeah. Or is this? And so I'll go back and I'll listen. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, I did. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now I know. I'm like now it's now it's there. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I think that's right. It's yeah. a lot of info, but you know, if you, it, it never hurts to always go back to mm-hmm. wherever your your basics was. Right. Oh yeah, the never. wall's always there. Exactly. The wall's always there, man. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I really, really appreciate it, guys. You can uh, go to uh, attacktheattack360.com and um, go to the website. You can always send me a message uh, if there's anything you guys want to know or hear or have any questions. Uh, again, all the links are there to Facebook and Instagram. I'm going to take some pictures of the, of the Studio Martial Arts so I can also post it on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And uh, guys, uh, please... Be safe, be blessed, and watch your 360. Thank you, Ram. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, friend. I love it.